Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, February 19th. I want to share with you about a dynamite documentary series that is a must-see. This free documentary series can be seen at this website, neveragainisnowglobal.com. Holocaust survivors, children of survivors, and grandchildren, as well as German freedom fighters, express their shock at today's fear-mongering and divisive dictates that are reminiscent of the prelude to the Holocaust. In Episode 1, Here We Go Again on Steroids, this episode is looking at the dialogue and outrage of the comparisons of then and now as told by eyewitnesses and relatives. In Episode 2, Anyone who wants to start a war has to lie. Once you see a lie, you can't unsee it. Survivors and their descendants recognize the weapons of deception and fear-mongering propaganda. Episode 3, Breaking the Veil of the Real Conspirators. As patterns and parallels are identified, we begin to see the continuity of genocidal operations. The same powerful dynasties and corporate entities behind it all come into clearer view. Episode 4. This time around, we're all Jews. Today's false narrative, the suspension of freedom, coercive medical dictates, and violation of human rights are not limited to Jews. Today's genocidal agenda targets the global human population. And finally, Episode 5. Never give in, never give up. The Holocaust was facilitated by sheep-like mass obedience to illegitimate authority. Those who resisted by falsifying their identity, by jumping off the trains to Auschwitz, and joining the partisans had a higher survival rate than those who obeyed. You can watch this free documentary series by going to neveragainisnowglobal.com. I encourage you to watch this eye-opening documentary series, which draws alarming parallels between what happened in the years leading up to the Holocaust and what has been happening in the last two years of the global coronavirus pandemic. Once again, the website to view the documentary is neveragainisnowglobal.com. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Terumah, and it means offerings. Exodus 25, 1-16 
Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Tell B'nai Israel to bring me gifts. You shall accept gifts for me from every person whose heart to move, so moves him. And these are the gifts that you shall accept from them, gold and silver and copper, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, fine linen, goat's hair, tanned ramskins, dolphin skins, and acacia wood, oil for lighting, spices for the anointing of oil and for the aromatic incense, lapis lazuli, and other stones for setting, for the ephod and for the breastpiece. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Exactly as I show you the pattern of the Mishkan and the pattern of all its furnishings, so you shall make it. They shall make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half a moat long, an ama and a half wide, and an ama and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, overlay it inside and out, and make upon it a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings for it to be attached to its four feet, two rings on one side of its walls and two on the other. Make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Then insert the poles into the rings of the side walls of the ark for carrying the ark. The poles shall remain in the rings of the ark. They shall not be removed from it. And deposit in the ark the tablets of the covenant which I will give you. Mark 3.31-4.25 to There came then his, Yeshua's, brethren and his mother, and standing without, and sent to him, calling him. And the multitude sat about him, and they said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers outside seek for you. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked round about on them which sat about him, and said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered to him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some seed fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other seed fell on good ground, and did yield fruit, that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said to them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said to them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. 
but unto them that are without. All these things are done in parables, that seeing that the seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said to them, Know you not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? The sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things enters in, choking the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel, or under a bed, and not to be set out on a candlestick? For there is nothing hidden which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Take heed what you hear, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given, for he that has to him shall be given, and he that has not from him shall be taken even that which he has. Psalm 37, 12-29 The wicked plots against the just, and gnashes upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow, to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume, into smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borrows and pays not again, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, 
Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves judgment and forsakes not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Proverbs 10.5 He that gathers in summer is a wise son, but he that sleeps in harvest is a son that causes shame. I want to speak to you today uh, from our Torah portion in Exodus 25, and then we're going to jump into Mark chapter 4. And so I want to zoom in on a particular verse, and it's verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Significantly, the verse does not say that I may dwell within it. The Mishkan is not intended to physically contain Hashem within its walls. Rather, the Sephorno explains, it is a place which enables Hashem to dwell among them, meaning in the midst of the children of Israel. Unlike pagan places of worship, the Mishkan is not meant to provide a home on earth for a god. Rather, the Mishkan, and ultimately the Beit Hamikdash or the temple in Jerusalem, are designed to facilitate the relationship between Hashem and his children, where every person can go to draw near to God. Now I want to go into Mark chapter 4, and in this chapter we read the parable of the sower. Now let me speak to you a little bit about parables. Yeshua often spoke in parables. Why did he do that? He's basically speaking in code. There's a deeper, hidden message. And so when he's speaking in a parable, most people stay at the Peshat level of understanding. That is, on the surface. What do the verses say on the surface? But Yeshua has a deeper, hidden message hidden within the parable. And to get to that message, you have to go into drash and into sowed, into the deeper, hidden message. So, this particular parable, the parable of the sower, is actually a master key which unlocks all other parables. And how do we know this? Yeshua said in verse 13, And he said to them, Know you not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? So, this parable gives you a key to unlock all his other parables. So he does interpret this parable for them. And basically what he is talking about is that the sower who is sowing seed, the seed is the word of God. And that there are different heart conditions when the seed gets sown. When the seed is first sown and some of it falls beside the road, and then some crows and some birds come up and they eat it up then this is a condition of a heart that is hard and stony. 
So Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in that person's heart. So the seed was sown on stony ground. Then the next heart condition or soil condition is the seed that is sown and it falls on stony ground. Not beside the road, but on stony ground. And immediately it sprang up, but it didn't have any depth of roots. And when the sun comes up, it's scorched and it had no root and it withers away. And Yeshua's interpretation of that is they have no root in themselves, and so they endure for a short time. But when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now, when you look back on your own walk over the years, can you think of a time when perhaps you did something out of obedience unto the Lord And then that thing that you did did not turn out so well, or there was a lot of persecution, suffering, and sacrifice involved. And maybe in the doing of that thing, you became offended, like, man, I really wish I hadn't done this. I regret going down this path. And you become offended. I've been there. I've I've experienced that. And... Then what this parable is showing us is that, well, I guess the seed landed on stony ground. Because if your roots are not deep, then the seed withers and you can become offended because of the persecution going on. And so, again, this this parable is like looking in a mirror and it reflects back to us the condition of our own heart. We should recognize ourselves in reading this parable, because every one of us at one point in time, before we came to know Yeshua, before we had him come into our heart as our Savior and our Lord, every one of us was in the very first soil condition where the seed got thrown beside the road and the crows and the birds came and ate it up. Our back was turned to God and we were doing our own thing and living in the world. We all started there. And then in the third soil condition, the seed is sown among thorns, and the thorns grow up and choke it out and yield no fruit. Yeshua's interpretation is the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entered in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, I can certainly relate to this, and I'm sure many of you can as well. The cares of this world. What kind of cares? Well, we get involved with family drama. We get involved with um, trying to run a business or trying to be successful in a job or a career. We get involved with upgrades and repairs to a home. And we get involved with, you know, perhaps grown children that have gone astray and are now in big trouble and we have to bail them out. We get involved in all kinds of cares of the world, and then we're not being fruitful for the kingdom. A big principle associated to this is being available for the Lord. So if you think of your life like a plate that has food on it, And if the plate, if you've been through a buffet line and then you load up on your plate a whole bunch of salad and then meat, you know, meat and potatoes and 
some vegetables and some, you know, lots of tasty things on the plate. And the plate is just loaded. And there's no more room on the plate. Sometimes our life begins to look like that plate. It's just overloaded, overflowing. There's just no more room on the plate. You cannot take on one more responsibility. And when my life was like that six months ago, I was not available to a kingdom assignment that the Lord had in mind for me because my plate was just overloaded with other things. And then um, some changes happened and I had to let go of a part-time job at Safeway and I changed my living situation and wasn't involved with doing childcare anymore for my grandchildren. And all of a sudden, my plate had some empty space on it. It just had a couple things on it instead of being overloaded. And because I was available and there was time availability in my life, all of a sudden, within a week after unloading some of those things off of my plate, all of a sudden, a huge door opened up to me about um, serving on a short-term assignment in Israel. And it was a huge door. And I know, without a doubt, that if I had not made myself available and emptied some of the things off of my plate, this door would not have opened. And so I will be leaving to go to Israel in about 10 days, and I'll be there for about seven weeks. And it's a huge door that the Lord has orchestrated, that he has opened. But the key was I became available. So I encourage you and I exhort you, if you have lots of cares of this world and lots of things overloading your plate, ask the Lord to help you to get some of those things off of your plate. Make yourself available. Have some empty spaces on your plate so that you're available to an assignment or to a calling that the Lord has in mind for you. Okay, the last soil condition is uh, the seed that lands on fertile ground. And the ground has been plowed up and tilled, and uh, the seed produces 30, 60, and even 100-fold. And that's the kind of heart that we want to have. We want to have the soil of our heart that's been plowed. Now, let me tell you, plowing can be painful. When uh, soil is hard and you have to get it wet with some tears, with some repentance. And then when the plow comes along, it's turning the soil over. And that can be some painful things, some trials or circumstances. It's just the Lord is tilling up the hardness of soil of our heart. But it's well worth it because then the heart, the soil that's been tilled, can receive the seed and become productive and fruitful for his kingdom. And that's what we want. So tilled soil is soil that is humble. It's soil that has repented and continues to repent. It's soil that is teachable. It's soil that is sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it's soil that is sold out to the kingdom. That Yeshua is number one. He is the master. He is the Lord. He's in charge. And nothing else matters. 
Nothing else compares. Nothing else holds a candle to him. So that's a little bit more about this parable. And actually, it is like a master key that unlocks all other parables. And so we have to look at the deeper meaning, the hidden coded message um, inside of it, that it's really talking about the condition of our heart. So, Abba, we thank you for these parables. We thank you that it is like a mirror, looking in the mirror and seeing ourselves and recognizing ourselves. And Abba, we know that sometimes we get weeds, we get thorns, we get stones in the soil of our heart. And I pray, Abba, that you will, you totally have permission to pull out the weeds, to remove the brambles and the thorns and the stones that end up in our soil of our heart. Please remove all of that so that our heart soil is ready to receive your seed, your word, so that when your word is planted in our hearts, we want there to be fruitfulness. We want there to be a 30, 60, and 100-fold increase. So please do that work, Father, in our hearts, so that each and every one of us is fruitful and productive for your kingdom. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.